stage. Snap photos from the pit. Documented musical stories. Thrashed in the crowd. And raged from the back. We are South Sisters! Angela, what's going on with you? You guys, I had my first New Times interview. What? And it was with you guys. What? <laughs> no, Allison Cripp. It was so cool talking with yeah. her, but it, it was just such a trip to be on the other side. You know, I'm used to interviewing people and it was just really great to hear that we actually had a listener that wasn't somebody that's required you because we're friends with them. <laughs> but it was a cool, cool experience. And she's very talented and really excited to to hear what she comes up with from our chat um that's all negative <laughs> i know she's like those crazy bitches i mean whatever <laughs> there's no such thing as bad publicity but uh no um on the art front i'm pretty excited so i've been trying to think of a lot of different creative ways with our um you know, live music isn't a thing. And if it is, I don't necessarily feel comfortable yet or safe going to live shows. So I've been trying to think of different ways to take my archive photos and spin it in a different way. I noticed I was spending a lot of time on TikTok, social media, various things. And I was like, this is bullshit. I need to start using it for good. So anyways, I started researching a lot. I'm doing stuff with like watercolor on some of my prints, mm. trying different things. I'm not saying that it's going to be like the fucking next biggest thing, but I'm trying things. So for all you out there that are feeling kind of stuck, there are resources. Go on YouTube, try and look up a new process. I don't know. LinkedIn learning is a big thing. My work actually has free login. So we're allowed to take LinkedIn lear learning for free. So there's resources out there. So just keep your mind going and keep pushing towards your art in whichever direction and try some new, try a little wrong, mess the fuck up. It's all good. <laughs> and that's, that's what right. I have going on. Oh, we're excited to see your artwork when it's ready. Yeah. <laughs> but we can't talk <laughs> but much we can't about, about it. it. <laughs> But I can't say much about it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I got to show you the the water paintings I did for uh, Punk Rock Saves Lives. They did like you donate to them and then you would send a pet picture and then <laughs> they would give it to people to draw. <laughs> Mine what? were amazing. <sighs> I got to show them to you guys. You need to. Yeah. Like I didn't even post them because they're just so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but you felt good afterwards, right? Oh, I loved it. I yeah. went and got like uh, watercolors paper and yeah. like i love drawing i used to love drawing when i was a kid and yeah. like I just kind of disconnected from it and i know if i practice enough i might draw something cool but right. but <laughs> i was having so much fun i was cracking up just drawing and watercolors so it does it relieved a lot of stress with like yeah. work and printing and so it, it was nice to just print for a day or two i mean it's like uh, an exercise, right? Days. It's it an is. exercise. You can't keep living in this. I got to wait. I got to wait. No, figure it I out. Know. And our Lori Herbs episode. I mean, she inspired me so much going back to her. She keeps in my head. She's like, hey, find what you like and make it your own. And that's what I'm trying to do. And you keep on those yeah, watercolors. I was, girl. I was trying to find the, the photos of it, but don't think I have them on my phone. Anymore. Uh. <laughs> uh so, Gabby, what you got going on, girl? Can't say. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really short roundtable. Yeah, can't say. I mean, it's getting closer to, I'm hoping in March to unleash everything. Uh, but there's just so much stuff to do that I don't, I'm just so busy all the time. So, 
I can't say, but it might come in March, maybe April, but maybe March. Depends but, if I have time. But you're missing the biggest thing. You're the bassist against racist. Oh, shit. That's Fuck. right. <laughs> See, I'm so busy with other shit that I forget about other things until I have to do it. And then you're printing yourself. Yeah, dude. I have to print myself. So, yes, I'm the bassist against racist featured artist this month. And we have and if you haven't checked it out, it's on Chaos Merch. And uh, I teamed up with Lynn from Bad Cop Backup, Paul Smith from Zombie Teeth Clothing. And we pretty much just donate all the money to Black Lives Matter. So and we pick a new bassist every month. And right now we're filled until January. And we got some really huge artists that are coming up, which I'll tell you guys up there. But so, yeah, that's what I've been up to other than everything else that you can't talk that about. I can't talk about it. But hopefully next month. Mark. Yeah. So. Nice. So make sure you go out to Chaos Merch and pre-order your Gabby Chaos shirt. I may or may have not helped her with the quote on her shirt. You did? Just saying. I bought one the other day. I got to support the homie. Thank you. Come through. Um, so yeah, guys, go out there, buy pre-order a shirt for Gabby Chaos. What about you, Drew? <laughs> uh, well, unfortunately, we, we had a passing in our family for Ozzy, but I want to take some time out to thank everybody that came through and donated for him. The punk community really came together and it was very overwhelming. I, I couldn't believe it. I was, I was speechless. I was crying. I was like, I, you know, I, I just kind of just couldn't believe that everybody just came together and, and pretty much was like, no, you're not selling your gear. Um, you know, cause I'm the type of person that just will not, I'm not going to ask for, I'm not going to post like a fundraiser or anything like that. Like I'm just, I, you know, I always feel, I feel weird about taking money from people, but yeah, that was super overwhelming. So very grateful for everybody coming together and doing what they could. It did come a long way. It really did help out a lot. And uh, yeah. (laughs) So Ozzy, we're going to miss you and See you on the other side. Hugs. <laughs> we love you. For this episode on the roundtable topic, we're going to be discussing reinvention of your band, photography, your business, because the ladies that we have coming up on this interview, they've done a total 180. They totally rebranded themselves. They've created their own business adventure, and I'm very excited for them. So let's get into it. What are the best practices when you have to rebrand yourself? Uh, I'll I'll start. (laughs) (laughs) The Venomous Pinks went through a very public breakup about two years ago, and we had to rebrand literally everything. And it was, it was just crazy. So the, honestly, what kept me going through that was having Gabby and Angela, my support Mm -hmm. system, um, because there was some self-doubt in there. Like, are we doing the right thing? Yeah. Um, did we just totally blow this? Like, did we ruin this for ourselves? But you know what? We we held on. We just, we, plow- we powered through it. Um, so you need a good support system. You have to have the tools to rebrand your, you know, your logo and your photos those connections, um, obviously having, you know, someone in mind that you want to bring in for a new drummer. Um, 
the biggest lesson though that I learned out of that was you know there were times when I did want to give up but it you know the venomous pinks is something that I truly love and put everything into money sweat blood tears and I could not just you know give it up so yeah we had to rebrand and it was hard but that's the thing about rebranding is sometimes it's hard work, but eventually you get to the other side and it's worth it. And then you find yourself in touring with people you want to be on the road yeah. with and playing shows that you want to play shows and, and mm-hmm. getting on these festivals in, in Europe and, and you, you're playing the music that you truly have been wanting to play. And it's an amazing feeling. So. Yeah. Well, it'll, it, it takes time, but there'll be a time of, like doubt in that, but it'll, there's always light at the end of the tunnel, especially if you have a support system that truly believes in you and stuff. So, or even if don't, you have to believe in yourself. So. I also think that sometimes it's a chance for you to look at what you did previously with a critical eye. Mm -hmm. I know myself, I'm, I'm actually one of the things that I say, I can't talk much about. I'm, I'm looking (laughs) at what my next step is Mm -hmm. because COVID has really made me think about, what kind of work do I really want to do as an artist? Do I want to take, you know, bullshit jobs that I don't believe in and what do I really want to do? And now I can focus on a little bit more of what Mm -hmm. I'm passionate about. So I think staying true to your voice, knowing what your voice is, knowing to edit, know to filter, take constructive criticism, ask people what worked and what hasn't worked and doing your own research, doing research about what the competition is out there and getting creative within your creativity is is a huge thing. And don't forget yeah. that this is a part of who you are and and it's and it's because you love it and and that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. So when you have that doubt, you know, that's the best way to push forward, but also just taking it and knowing that hey, this is exciting. It's scary, mm-hmm. but if it wasn't scary, then it wouldn't be worth it, right? And so just having that um in your forefront at all times is important. Yeah. Like I'm working on branding, I'd say three new companies. Well, what chaos merch is I'm always trying to do something to better it. Uh, like I started the TikToks on it. Just, Which I have all the videos. Awesome. So Everyone loves well. it. It's great. I know it's been popping off and it's been great. And like people have been hitting me up about like, Hey, are you doing classes? Or are you doing like, can you teach me? And I'm like, just wait, like, I got something coming for this. So like, that's another thing I'm working on branding. So I'm branding two other companies from the ground up and it's, it's been a lot of work, but I absolutely believe in them. And I know you guys believe in it because I believe in them and you know, I don't jump on stuff without doing my research on it, but it's hard. It's a lot of hard work and hopefully when it's out in the world, it'll be worth it. So just do it. Having the right people in your Mm -hmm. corner, I think is, is the biggest step right and it's and it's just knowing the true intentions and knowing Mm -hmm. that it's going to work in the long run so i'm just so excited to see what you have going on with it and i love the stuff that you guys did for branding with venomous pinks yeah the the i know it's not a new logo because it's been a couple years now but i can't remember the first one i have like i look at all the old like buttons and things like Mm -hmm. that i'm like i don't even wanna i don't even wanna yeah you know yeah (laughs) 
It doesn't have the same DNA, you know? Yeah. Well, even with the pinks, like when I joined, we had kind of had to rebrand the image of it too. Yeah. So we've gone through a couple yeah. of rebrands. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. re-imaging, rebranding. Yeah. yeah. That's very true. Yeah. But on top of it, you should be, even if you don't have a big or shattering breakup, you should be rebranding anyway. we got to keep yeah. things fresh, right? You need to always think yeah. forward. You know, yesterday was yesterday. What's what's ahead? What's tomorrow? Like we probably have to rebrand the website. Like fuck, too, Sound Sisters so. need some rebranding. <laughs> so it's been on the back of my mind. So hopefully we do a shoot soonish. Let me lose so. some COVID pounds before <laughs> we do that. Yet. <laughs> my COVID fifteen. <laughs> yeah, it's real. <laughs> yeah, it is real. Um, just to like touch back to what Angela said when you rebrand, like you do kind of like self-reflect and mm-hmm. ask yourself like, okay, how can I make this better? And yeah, it's be open to that criticism and take it with a grain of salt. Like, but look at it with like a new perspective as well. Yeah. You got to break your eye a little bit. Right. You do. And you also, during your rebranding, you would reach out to me and I know you reached out to other friends and you, and it wasn't just, you reached out to people that are fans of what you did before. Yeah. Because you know they would give you the real. It's important. Yeah. Like so. I said, that support system that'll be transparent with you. Yep. So and lasting, always ask for help because it goes yes. a long way. Yes. yes. So hell yeah. We're gonna take a quick break here. And when we come back, we're gonna be talking to Riot Squad Media right here on the Sound Sister Podcast. Meow, meow. and ghouls welcome to the sound sister podcast all the way from canada and new york terry smith and laura rose from riot squad media i feel like we're like wrestlers and this is like our introduction <laughs> 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 i'm just like <laughs> what's up ladies Oh, doing good. I almost like, yeah. Remember that little app that you get with the little like horn? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I used to have it and almost like looked at my phone to pull it out. (laughs) I I used to have it too, pre-COVID. Oh, the rap horn. (laughs) On tour. Yeah. Cast their drummer. She always popped off with that thing. (laughs) It just adds to the like, you know. The essence, essence. yeah. So, so, ladies, wanted to bring you on and talk about your new adventure, Riot Squad Media. Tell us a little bit about it, Terry. Uh, Well, essentially, um, it's a place for us to make content um, and also be able to help promote bands in any way or capacity that we can. Um, A big part of it is the podcast part. 
uh, <clears throat> every week we do a few shows. We have Sunday Spin that comes on every Sunday, and we kind of talk about the bands that we're listening to. And it's been actually such a treat because it's allowed us to really discover a lot of new bands that otherwise we probably wouldn't have listened. Um, I know kind of before this, um, I was kind of like doom and gloom and going like, shit, there's no new music. What, you know, this is crap. And how wrong have I been? Like, I'm discovering stuff every single day. People are sending me stuff constantly and I'm just here for it. I'm just absolutely loving it. Now, Laura can talk to you more about the PR side of things because um, I usually stick to the content part because it's what I was, you know, it's what I do. But you're a journalist, <laughs> right? That's your background. Right? It is. Yeah. yeah. With you, sister. I love that. <laughs> Love it. I love it. No, yeah, Terry's like she is the queen of of putting everything together. You know, we film. I, I send the graphics her way, and she works her magic. I I can't do anything like that. Like I I can make like a slideshow, but <laughs> but that's about it. So watching her, you know, put everything together and the the quality of things has taken off. Like not that it wasn't good before, but you can see like the progression and things. And it's nice to like look at things and like be proud of it. So I'm I love watching the stuff that she puts out. I'm like, look at Terry go. She's got these little fades, <laughs> you know. I don't know. She does great with it, and I, I think it I think it gives Riot Squad a nice. Um, I don't want to say different aspect right now, but since we are in COVID, we can't, we can't promote shows and stuff like that. So the best thing that we can do is try to promote new music and get it out there um, organically. You know what I mean? So, but like the PR side of things is really fun too. And we're starting to just kind of dabble in that from just experience. Um, when we were, you know, doing Pennsylvania and just kind of starting out with things, so we became friends with so many different bands and so many different artists and brands and things like that who, are so great at, you know, making music or, or, you know, perfecting their, their skill or whatever, but they're like, Oh man, we struggle on social media. We can't design a website to save our life, or we don't know how, how to run a campaign for this. And it's like, these are things that Terry and I both do know how to do. You know, I own a small business. I went to school for marketing and illustration and things like that. Terry has her production background. So we're like, well, how can we help and make sure that our friends aren't getting ripped off by, you know, I'm sure you guys know some, some like PR firms are ridiculous. Like it, it costs you more to try to promote an album than it does to actually make one sometimes. So that doesn't make sense to us. And that hurts the artist. So we're like, we don't want to make anything off of our friends. Like we like going to shows and giving them money. So how can we do this low cost for our friends to make sure that we're, you know, still, still okay. And we're, we're covered by things and it's been great. Like we don't have, we don't have 70 clients. We have a handful of clients. And I think that's been really awesome for us to be able to get kind of like one-on-one -on -one with people and really figure out what they need. Like whether it be building a website or, you know, right now we're working on um, getting an album put out here in the, in the spring for an artist that's really special to us. So it's things like that, being able to kind of work one-on-one -on -one and have these long meetings and, and figure out, you know, exactly what they need to where it's not breaking their bank or our bank and they're still being able to get out there to the platform that they would like to reach and they just kind of maybe don't know how to do it. That's what we're here for. Nice. Well, so that's right, squad. <laughs> and we're done. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, you did, you did uh, bring up a good topic that of course we need to touch on. You talked about Punksylvania and the quote unquote before Let's talk about it. Like what happened? What happened? <laughs> Why is it Punksylvania was the past? What is Riot Squad? How do they feed off of each other? Do they not? 
What's the future? Give us the tea the as tea? those newer three the, 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 the so re- reinvention. Say- reinvention. Oh, that's right. That's right. Sorry. Drea, maybe it's that's more of what it is. Class, it's more class, of a, like a rebirth of it, kind of. Um, Terry and I for a while felt that, you know, obviously Punksylvania has a very inclusive name. Like you automatically think of what? Punks in Pennsylvania, you know, which is great. We love Pennsylvania, but um, as you know, neither one of us are from there. And it didn't make sense for us to kind of just operate under a name that seemed a little bit inclusive to where we want to get out to people and help other people, maybe not just in Pennsylvania. So we're like, how can we kind of brand ourselves so people know that, you know, we operate more than just right here. And um, we did have another partner and she opened up a record label with some other people. So she went her way doing that. And Terry and I are kind of pursuing this still. Pennsylvania is still up and running. Our website is still there. You can still check out all the blogs, reviews, old podcast episodes. So it's not dead. It's just um, kind of transforming into something a little more universal for everybody. Great. So are you guys going to take over some of those platforms with your new brand or are you, what was kind of the um, transformation, if you will, into this new um, brand that you have now? Well, before with Pennsylvania, we didn't have necessarily clients, Um, you know, it's kind of like Pennsylvania was kind of the start of how we wanted to promote bands, um, which was the podcast and the reviews. Um, uh, writing reviews takes quite a long time. Um, also, so does editing. Um, every night I'm editing and that's just, I run three shows a week. That's unfortunately for a 10 minute show. It takes me over two hours plus the export and imports. And it just kind of got to a point where it was just, it's becoming too much. How can I simplify and still promote what we're trying to do, which is promote bands. Um, we kind of, at the time of Pennsylvania, only really did stick with Pennsylvania. We rarely would we touch New York's. We had you girls on and stuff like that. Um, and we felt that we wanted a squad. So the squad is just to encompass really the community that was behind it. We felt, you know, we want the community with us. We want to be a part of the community as well. So we felt that if we move some elements that we really did like into RSM, um, Riot Squad Media, it would be just opening the door to more people. Um, and we've seen that. Um, luckily we've been contacted by so many people and like, not just in the States, but Europe, Canada, um, you know, it's really not even just either. No. And that's the cool thing too, is that we're seeing bands that at the time we probably wouldn't have even considered because it just wasn't kind of what the Pennsylvania genre was, which was a very heavily spa influenced, um, with reviews and stuff, but it just, it needed to us, Laura and I needed some tweaking. And also with Camp Pennsylvania, that was its own separate entity. Um, that's going to be a big focus for Laura and I coming up because we are, camp is going on and we found a venue and we're meeting people now. We're not going to release the dates just yet. Um, that is coming, but, uh, you know, we really wanted to still keep Camp Pennsylvania and still let that go because it was in Pennsylvania and we love it and everything like that. I don't know exactly what's going to happen for Pennsylvania. I think we're just kind of using it to just reach more people because for bands, it just gives them an outlet to reach people. It's still a very popular page. I still, you know, we put new music videos on there sometimes and stuff just because it 
it's otherwise another stream that people may not have, you know, put their music on and why not? It's fun. So for our listeners that aren't familiar with Punksylvania, um, can you just talk about Camp Punksylvania and what you guys, the great work that you do with that platform? Yeah, camp is awesome. Um, it started, so we, you know, a bunch of friends met in the Facebook group, actually, online called Punks Pitch and Tense, which Terry uh, helps run, actually. Um, so it, that's Why aren't we on this? Why aren't we you on You should be on this. It, honestly, it was created for people um, going to Camp Anarchy and Camp Punk and Drublick and things like that to kind of meet up and stuff like that. And it's been a great tool. Like, it's still so active every day. So, like, hats off to that group. We've made so many friends and stuff through there. And that's, like, where anybody you ask, that's where um, this this kind of idea was born. Um, it was, you know, after Camp Anarchy wasn't announced again for that second year in a row or third, whatever you want to call it. Um, we were all like, shit, what the hell? Like, we loved camping with our friends. We loved that, like, relaxed, laid-back vibe. It was like a family reunion, and everybody was really, really bummed about not being able to go and do that, you know? And we're like, well, we don't we don't need no effects to headline. You know, We maybe we can have just a couple friends' bands play in, in somebody's backyard. And it turned into, uh, Bree's like, well, I, I got a yard. And, and it was like 20 people at first. And like, no joke, we woke up overnight on Facebook to like, 300 people they're like when do tickets go on sale and where is this and we're like tickets where is this <laughs> we're, like, we're like we don't know we're like we should probably find a venue and it just snowballed right after that like we went balls deep into planning like like, like sleeves went up um we found a venue almost immediately assembled a team and it's just been non-stop since then COVID hit and it was just like Ow. obviously for everybody yeah a huge <laughs> a huge haul. We didn't really know what was going to happen. And then, um, you know, life happens, obviously everybody's had their shit during COVID. And, um, like I said, Brie, Brie took her new venture and she opened up a record label, which we think is really rad. Um, so she's doing that right now. And we're going to continue to put on camp because we feel, uh, we owe it to all of the 2020 ticket holders, to all the people who want to buy tickets this year, who are super excited about this. Like we don't want to let them down and things like that. So Yes, Camp Pennsylvania is happening. Fingers crossed. COVID lets us do it. Um, <clears throat> we're just trucking along with it. We have a great team. We've got a great venue. We have great bands on our lineup right now. So things are looking really great for that. It's been a lot of work, but um, it's humbling. It really is. And I think once it finally comes together after not being able to do it last year, I think it's going to be really beautiful. I know I'm going to be ugly crying. So doesn't matter. You guys can either watch me just be gross for a weekend. It's, okay. <laughs> it's almost like a blessing in disguise, though, that we got pushed back a whole year because Terry and I have learned so much stuff over the last, you know, even in the last two, Sweet. three months, it's been like the craziest yeah. thing ever to think, like, how would we have put on a festival for hundreds of people not knowing the things that we know now? So I feel like it's a little bit of an advantage to us to kind of have been almost held back a year from it. So I don't want to call it like new and improved because we never got to put a first one out, but it almost feels like that, you know, like our team is functioning a lot better. It, it just, it feels a lot better this time around than it did before. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, this year we decided um, to actually look for a national venue with some venue experience, someone who's been there and knows about shows. Um, prior to that was more just a really big field and we were bringing a stage and kind of renting a bunch of stuff. But these guys have a little bit more experience. So they've been um, excellent in just trying to give us tips you know, what works for days for shows versus what doesn't, you know, the hours you kind of want to make this work, the, you know, how loud you can make your audio without it being like blown out and stuff. And we actually have professionals behind our team. So we do have some sound engineers and we have production people and these people are still volunteers. They're still coming because they want to help out. They don't want anything in return. They just want this to go off. And, you know, we had so many bands too behind us and, you know, it just didn't feel right to be like, all right, well, this isn't happening. We really want to give this our best shot, just if anything. And if this happens to grow, then great. I still think that it's going to be a small one because it gives you the opportunity to grow. You can always grow, get bigger, but you can never, you know, shrink it down in my mind. So um, I'm excited to see, but who knows if I can even make it. And that's the biggest thing right now is that I still can't yeah. cross that border. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. Reminds me, I just picture Wayne Stock. Are you? Gonna- <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> um, I really, yeah, I really. Uh, if you book them, if you book them, they will. They come. will come. <laughs> I am so hoping that that is true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I think that that's great. One of the what we were trying to get to earlier is that we our roundtable topic was all about reinventing yourself and you guys have done that. And then some, and I know you're still in the middle of doing that. What advice do you give to anyone that decides that they want to go in a different direction with their band brand? What is some do's and don'ts, some things that you guys have learned along the way? Um, Don't give up, you know, uh, there's days that, especially kind of when breakup started, or I would say when the split happened, um, I wasn't sure that this was the right decision. Um, I kind of got tired and yeah. coming up with new ideas and new ways and just kind of letting myself just think a little bit outside the box and not just sticking to exactly what it is I know because I'm a very need to be like this person. If I shoot something on Thursday, I'm editing Thursday and it's going to be in a drive by Friday. But you know, is it missing something? Am I looking at this? I, you know, accept criticism is another one. You know, when you put yourself out there and you guys must know this every time you put an album out that not everybody's going to like it. Um, And it doesn't mean that they hate it or that they want to be assholes. They just kind of see something that you may have missed. And I miss shit all the time. I really do. Am I allowed to say Yes. Yeah, you can curse it up, girl. I've been very lucky that my husband also works in television and he has for years. So he's kind of been my best critic because nice. he's not a fan of punk. I didn't marry a punk. I so he's That's really so lucky. Punk. 
It's so punk of you. <laughs> I know I dated some punk boys and yeah, that's what, that's why I'm not here right now, but you know, um, still lets me have my space and let me do my shit. But yeah, he's looking at this very objectively kind of just as somebody who's turning it on because I don't want to just appeal to punks. I kind of want to appeal to everybody when I'm putting my stuff out, you know, I want my mom to essentially be able to look at this and be like, Oh, that's cute. You know, I'll keep watching. That's nice. You know, but I just kind of want to reach everybody. I, I think being able to take that criticism that I take sometimes, and sometimes it's just friends going like, oh, I didn't quite like your shot. Or maybe you should think about adding more things to your wall. Because you can see there's a big space that's, it's reserved for things. They're coming, but, you know. <laughs> I think the Venomous Pinks may have some stuff they can give you. <laughs> <laughs> Fill up that hole, just kidding. <laughs> I got many holes all over. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's all just kind of about, you know, it's it's like a tree, like you, you, you can't ever stop, you just have to keep on going, obviously, like it's a hump in the road, you know, so if if you are looking to like rebrand yourself, you have to make sure that like you're thinking of things, obviously, it has to be thought out. And like the biggest thing that I mean, for me, and I think Terry can probably say the same has been having like a good support system, or even just like a good partner to bounce things off of like, I know sometimes her and I both have crazy ideas. Sometimes like the, 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 the general idea of it's good, but you know, she's like, okay, well, slow down more. Like, I like where you're going with that, but it's nice to have people that can kind of like bring you back down to reality and take your idea and like help you find like a, a real solution and way to make it actually work, you know? And I, I think it's just making sure that your brain never stops. You just constantly have to know what you want and yeah. just go get it. I think a big part with Laura and I is the fact that we've been able to be so honest towards each other. Like, I don't feel that if I do have any critique that she's going to take it in a bad way, um, which allows me to be open and tell her exactly what I think of it. And sometimes it's great and I enjoy it and I love it. Rarely is it ever bad, but if I feel that it's just not up to what I know her capabilities are, um, you know, I don't feel like, I'm being a bitch by telling her so because often with women in business, you often get labeled with the bitch title and all you want to do is the absolute best for that person. And maybe just the verbiage isn't coming out right. Or maybe they just take it the wrong way because of ego. Sometimes you just have to take that ego and set it aside and actually like take it with an open heart and know that it's not coming from a place of hate. It's coming from, I see your potential I know your potential, you know, like let's reach that potential together. And that's been probably the greatest gift between, you know, for Laura being able to be like, Terry, this is, I, I just know that you can make this a little bit nicer and be like, yeah, you know, you're right. And I was thinking that and just little tiny things like that, but I know that it never came from a bad place and that, you know, I absolutely love her for it. And I think it's, I love you too. Um, I think it's important that like when you're working with friends, you, you know, it's, it's great to work with your friends, but also when you're working, you, you have to be coworkers and you have to know when to kind of like make sure there's a divide there. Of course you want what's best for your friend, but also if you're in business together and you know, you guys are, you, you know, it's the same thing like for your band and things like that. Um, there, there's a line there. Like when, when you're probably writing music and stuff like that, you're not, you're not going BS back and forth gossiping or whatever you're doing little BS talk in between but like I feel like there's 
there has to be a break there. And, um, like from previous experience, I don't, I don't really think that there was before, you know, a lot of the times it was just like that camaraderie was always there and it feels great. It really does. But at the same time, you have to look back and say, okay, well, what are we actually getting done? Whereas now, if we're putting that aside, you know, Terry and I have, you know, 10, 15 minutes of small talk at first, get it out of the way. And then we're going to bang out an hour long meeting and accomplish 50 different things. You know, I think a lot of those things are so important to the way that like a team works and, and making sure that you can kind of stay ahead of things too. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So it, boundaries are super, super important, right? I mean, <clears throat> just having that upfront, this is, and coming from a place of love, right? It's all in a good place. And, and the best way is to challenge each other and not give each other slack, right? You want to be the best version of yourself. So I think that's great. I've definitely been super impressed by how fast things are turning around for you guys with, with the new brand. It takes a while for anything to kickstart. And um, you guys have made such great headway so far. Um, what are some of the highlights that you guys have upcoming, you know, for you that you want to share? Um. I, well, um, a big part I think has been the outreach. Um, earlier when Laura and I decided that we really wanted to do this and a big part of it was promoting bands is kind of getting to know the bands that you want to promote and taking the time to speak with them. And a theme often came out was I have all these great singles, but I also have this cover. I really like this cover but nobody ever wants to play it because it's just a cover. And I'm like, well, let's check it out. And sure enough, they made a video for it and they took the time and the energy and the love and the cover just sounds amazing. Just as good as any song that they've put on the album. And that's kind of where we decided that under the covers was going to be born. So we actually are planning on starting to tape it this week. Uh, and how we're, we haven't quite decided the frequency of it yet because we still have a couple of ideas that we're working out. It's, it's a tough concept, so I don't know if we can actually do it. So I'm not going to talk too much about that, but definitely undercover under the covers, which was, you know, Laura designed this cute little logo for it, which is us and her chilling on the bed, listening to music, which is cool because I never get to see Laura ever so we don't really have we have one picture together which was taken like in 2019 I saw Laura last May 2019 so it's been a while and you know it allows us to just kind of have a platform where we get to actually enjoy something together and promote a band which is what we love to do and hopefully just with through that cover they'll do the same thing and go check out the rest of their music I love covers man I do. Yeah, I think it's going to be super fun. The the response, you know, we, we put out, you know, kind of let the world know that we we're going to be starting this off. And we got so many cover submissions and they're all so like fun and great. So it's going to be fun to, to like I said, to watch Terry kind of make the magic happen and put everything together there the way she does it. But um, yeah, we have a couple different ideas with the way that it's going to kind of run. And it'll be it'll be fun to just get those out there because like she said, a lot of people are like, oh, it's just a cover. Yeah, we love covers. Everyone love loves covers. Cover. Dude, I think covers, like from a listener standpoint, covers are even more sometimes more difficult than just original material because you have to pay homage to, you know, the original thing. You have to make it your own, make it different. You're within this certain template. I don't know. What do you guys think? You guys did a cover. What's your perspective? (laughs) That was, the you know, we decided to do I Want You by Joan Jett. 
we were like, well, it's, fuck, it's fucking Joan Jett. Yeah. <laughs> but how do you how do you make it authentic to yourself so that it sounds like a venomous pink song? So like when we were going through it and everything like that, that's why we added like that little fast part at the end, because yeah. that's venomous pinks right there. And it's more heavier. And um, I don't know. That's yeah. but that was like. I really like went back and forth about it because I'm on the fence about covers, you know, but because to me, like if you're going to do a cover, I don't know, like don't just cover the song, make it sound like your band. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we love about that. We love listening to their spin on things. And that's what we would like to get out to everybody. Like how, you know, you you took the time to learn this, to, to learn it your own way and then to make a video for it and cool things like that. There's no reason that we shouldn't, put it out there for the whole world to see so that's a fun little segment that we're both super stoked to kind of watch come to life here in the next couple weeks and of course camp pennsylvania um there's gonna be like like terry said we don't want to give too too much away right now because we have like this i hate to be that person we're making an announcement about an announcement but like we have something for that. we have something so we do this in our round table gabby and i because we're always cooking up projects but i always try to mention it i have someone who works but, but I, can't, I can't say much about it yeah. so we fucking bought uh, the dg for that you bought the dot com for it <laughs> so we're gonna do something with that idea but we can't, we can't, we can't say much, much about it, about it. <laughs> i love that that's so but cute yeah, there's a lot of like terry said you know things we can say is we have a brand spanking new venue that is honestly the coolest place that we could have found. Um, it, it fell into our lab. And like, as soon as it fell into our lab, we were like, oh shit, this is it. Like, <laughs> this is where camp is happening. This is it. No questions asked. Um, the experience we've had so far with the venue and the, the management there has been great. Um, we have, I think, eight to 10 confirmed bands right now um all that good stuff it's going to be a thursday to a friday in the fall i'm sorry no not a thursday to a friday sunday. a thursday to a sunday, sunday in the fall <laughs> and um that i think is all we can disclose currently <laughs> Lauren just pulled a Terry. Finally, it's happened. Hallelujah. Um, so, yeah, if you don't know what Laura pulling a Terry is, um, <laughs> every time I have to announce anything of ours, I fuck it up tremendously. <laughs> it's, it's actually hilarious. <laughs> I wish I could say it was like just a little mild or I like messed up a date. I think once for Pennsylvania, I actually like promoted the last dates Pennsylvania when we had planned for the new dates so I messed that up we're like no Terry no <laughs> yeah you're like no that's last year's dates I'm like fuck and then what this one with Riot Squad because I mess it up I I'll mess up the email I'll mess up the Facebook page I'll mess up the fact that we even have an Instagram account and we're talking <laughs> on another podcast um a friend of ours and Sunday Spin and this is kind of right before under the covers was just at the creation. I'm like, yeah, we have this great show coming up. It's going to be all brand new on Saturday called Sunday spin. And Laura's like, (laughs) (laughs) you know what it is? It's, it's the editor like curse. I literally just sit there and I'm like everyone else. Right. It was, but we fuck it up for ourselves. But if you hire them, they will not fuck it up for you. Right. (laughs) So, So the listeners know. They're good on that. They're good. They're good. good. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice to see Laura, actually, because <clears throat> when we do interviews, Laura's really quiet. 
and I'm like, just honey, like you need to freaking talk, just say words. It's okay. You know, I'm not good at it. Like any, anybody can tell I, I sound like a douchebag. No, and I <laughs> do not agree with that. What I don't no. at all. What? Well, what thank the, you. I fell in love with you the first time we did your interview because Gabby couldn't go on so that she's like, Angela, you're doing this. I'm like, oh, is it sound scissors? No, it's venomous pinks. You're just doing it. Okay. <laughs> By the way, dress up like a creepy doll. Cool. Let's do this. Anyways. Fell in love. Oh, we had so much fun with you guys. That was a blast. I always, I, that's like my favorite part about doing this is when you connect with people that you haven't even met in person yet. And you're like, that's my homegirl. <laughs> I've, I've emotionally hugged you guys so much. Oh yeah. You yeah. don't even know. You don't even fucking know. <laughs> and I also emotionally eat your damn sandwiches that you post yes. on your small business. Dude. Can, can we wait. talk about your small business? How you're just all over badass and you know, self-made. Let's talk about this a little. I mean, Oh, that's weird, but like, okay. <laughs> I own a sandwich shop in central New York and we make We've got like over 30 sandwiches on our menu. Everything's homemade fresh every day, right from scratch. We get trucks in with, with fresh ingredients all the time. Um, I've been, this will be my ninth year actually coming up this October. Yeah. So I'm getting old. <laughs> I crave some of those sandwiches like a pregnant woman. I've never oh, been pregnant. Come to me. I will feed you all of the sandwiches, you guys. Butter. I'm like, ooh, check out that butter. Right before um, the <laughs> actually last March, I, I like pen to paper, I almost bought a, a small music venue on our main strip in downtown. And I was like, oh, it'd be so cool. I'll be able to have like my friend's bands pass through here because we're like smack dab in the center of the state, you know, like if you're, you can hit it. So I was like, oh, and I could give them sandwiches when they come. So when the world is a little more back to normal, if that ever happens, I plan on opening this place again and serving sandwiches while there's punk rock on stage. So my fingers crossed that that can happen sooner than later, but I would love to have you all. <laughs> Dude, those are my two favorite things, punk rock and mine too. <laughs> and I thought it People I thought like it was you to hug. I thought it was burritos. Oh yeah, burritos. I just like food. Man. We're soulmates. I just like food, man. Burritos, <laughs> <is> tacos, <laughs> tacos. We too. did have tacos today. We did. Yeah. We did. That's we my dinner tonight. It. It's my dinner almost every night. They're so versatile. We try to have like little bam bam dinner before we record. So that's our new tradition. Bam, bam dinner. Terry, but- I can't wait till we can have a fam dinner. That's one thing too that I'm super excited about. So we talk all the time about negative impacts of COVID. I mean, we don't, we don't have to go on and on about it because we all know it, we live it, we feel it and it's there, but there's a lot of positive stuff that's coming out of it. And I know that you guys have worked virtually, but you have talked a couple times about how it's made you think in a different way, even though you were already working virtually to begin with. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Who wants to take it? Uh, me. I know. I was like, do I let her take this one? Because I feel like I actually, for the first time, haven't shut up. So, Terry, go ahead. <laughs> I actually enjoy listening to her talk a lot. Um, you that know, is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's been really good because normally where I am in Canada, there's nothing here. There's not a scene. I don't get surrounded by any. And when I tell people that I primarily listen to punk and I do, they, they don't believe me because I don't even look. I'm probably the worst punk. I really fucking am. Like, I just don't look at. That's what makes you so punk rock. That's that's, That's that's why you're so punk. That's totally it. Um, I live in a beach town. It's beautiful. um, Clear freshwater lakes. I live right on Lake Huron. And 
but this gives me an outlet, something that I've followed passionately ever since I'm 14 years old. I've never been able to really express it in a way. This has kind of given me an outlet for that. Um, had you asked me even just five years ago, if this little girl from Canada can like talk about punk rock and talk to her favorite bands and favorite musicians and favorite people and grow a community from that, I tell you to fuck right off. Um, so, you know, a huge positive is that it gives people like me who probably would never have a chance in hell to do something like this, to do something like this. I think it's really pretty rad. What about you, Laura? Come on. <laughs> I mean, it, it is. It's just, um, I like to be like in the shit of things. Like I like to be in person and all that kind of stuff. So it's been weird for me, you know, starting right from the jump almost to do this virtually, you know, at the beginning when it was the three of us bef before things shut down, I was able to kind of go to Pennsylvania and things like that and meet with some of the team. But um, having that like ripped away very quickly to where like it wasn't even like I wasn't used to it yet, you know? Um, I think this has given us, I don't want to call it an advantage because I don't know if it's an advantage yet because we haven't gotten there, but um, it just gives us like another side of things. And like, like I said, you always have to, it's just a hump in the road. You always have to like figure out a way around it and a way to like improve on things and make it better. And it has been really nice. Like Terry said, it's, it's been almost like an outlet kind of. And I feel like it's, it's brought a lot of like our team and things like that closer together too, because when you're like, Hey guys, we have a group zoom meeting. Everyone's like, shit, I haven't had any social contact in a week. Let me hop on here. And, um, it gives people something to do too. So I think like during this time where everyone is still kind of at like a lull, it's, it's a little more motivation and a little drive. And I like kind of more of like a kick in the ass. And I think having to kind of shift the way that, that you would normally do things, um, it, you know, it occupies your mind a little bit more. And, and like I said, it gives you that kind of kick. So it's been nice. It's been weird, especially like, you know, for my, for my small business, doing things, doing things totally different there. It's just, you have to kind of adapt with everything, but you, you learn and you grow with things and you can see like the benefits of it. And I think that's what the cool thing is too, is to say like, okay, we hit a hump in the road here, but now look at, look at what has come out of this. Like we, we grew this flower now and it's been really fucking rad. So, and that's, what's happening here with us. And I'm sure a lot of people can say that too, is like making connections and things like that. So many people have made so many connections this time because at most people are home. A lot of people aren't out doing what they always do. You have more time to do what we're doing right now. Damn. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked about Riot Squad Media, but I want to really get down to your guys' roots because I really don't, you know, I'm not familiar with your backstories. Um, Terry, you mentioned, you know, you found punk rock at 14. What were you listening to? What was like the first band? Oh, that would have been Dookie. So um, where I lived in Canada, it was just outside the Arctic Circle. Um, so if you're going to draw a line from Toronto and shoot it straight up, it's about 12, 13 hours away from Toronto. Um, and it was such a small town and I guess the nearest bigger town was like two hours away. So we weren't really traveling anywhere. Um, we usually just stayed in our bubble. Um, my mom was very big and like Neil Cicada, huge Elvis fan, uh, very much into that rockabilly fifties and sixties when that came up, Beach Boys was definitely in there so I grew up with a lot of that I grew up with a lot of country and I never I don't I didn't like all of it um Dolly Parton still to me is 
an amazing singer. I there's nothing that lady can't sing that I'm just not like chills through my body. It just kind of creates a rethrow force inside of me. But um, my uncle who lived in the city came down for a visit. He lived in Ottawa and he came down with Green Day's Dookie. And he also came down with Offsprings. Uh, I can't remember. Smash. Smash. So yeah, I, from those two albums alone, I got hooked hard like it was all I played for a while and then my parents used to get like the Columbia house subscriptions where you paid like 10 cents and you got like a crap ton so I kind of expanded a bit more in my punk collection but also got into some metal too which I really like so I do have a very like um punk I love that 90s skate punk I'm a fan I talk about it all the time and it's been really hard to just take me down my little 90s punk pedestal but yeah I'm also a huge fan of metal too so I love that hardcore and I love just dude me and you are like the same person I can't (laughs) with you right now am I right (laughs) great girl after my own heart I was Uh, um you know people bitch about like loving Metallica and I'm like they're amazing I can't get enough of them I've seen them twice now uh probably the best show I've ever seen Ride the Lightning what's your favorite Metallica album what's your favorite song yeah mine's Orion mine is well Orion's good too yeah (laughs) um I mean I have to go with one um I know it's one of the most popular ones but just that whole guitar solo at the beginning and then like when you see it live and you have the big screens and they're shooting like the guns and you feel that through the lasers and stuff like that and like you can actually feel like the rumbling in your chest you go oh yeah yeah and, <laughs> like, <laughs> both sides mine's like amazing black that's still that 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 enters a, a weird place in my <laughs> hormonal teenage <laughs> but that i'm not gonna go to terry you're such like this like i feel like you're like me like you're really chill and a little quiet or shy sometimes so like i am so happy to hear that you fucking rage out to metal like (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel i feel that i love it yeah i got it but terry being a badass sorry to cut you off we were on stage for no effects to set at the last camp anarchy and at Terry, I think it was six years on dope. So Terry was like quiet the whole time. She's just like chilling. But that song came on and she just this look in her eye and she raged out like right there. We were all like, this is a whole other human. And like, <laughs> I, that's like my favorite thing about Terry. Like there's a firecracker in there. Oh, I see it. I see it. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I kind of got into like System of a Down really hard too for a while. Just Serge Tankarian's voice is just to me something next level. I just, I absolutely love it. I love, I've never seen them live. I would, I've always wanted to, but one day, one day. He just released some new stuff. I was actually pretty good too. What about you, Laura? How about you? How'd you tumble into punk rock? So I literally like tumbled into it. Um, my dad owned a pizzeria growing up. So on like the weekends and stuff like that, no babysitter. What's his daughter doing? Chasing the boys around in the back with a broomstick. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm just breaking their chops. So he's like, you're, you know, you're going to get to work. So I'd be folding boxes and stuff like that or weighing out chicken wings. And I, I will never forget it. There were a couple guys in there, you know, orange mohawks, Liberty spikes. Um, and I was like, man, these guys look rad. These guys are cool looking. You know, before that I was listening to like whatever my mom had on in the car, really. Like I didn't have 
anything that I was really drawn to. But um, the first punk song I ever heard was Green Corn by No Effects, and they had it playing in like this little boombox in the back. And I like perked up and I was like, this is cool. What is this? And I went over there. I stole that CD and like three other ones out of the big CD binder. And uh, I went up to this guy, Bill, who, you know, he works for me now, actually. He's a lifelong friend of mine. He was working for my dad at the time. Um, I was like, what is this? And where do I get more? (laughs) And he was like, okay, little one, here we go. And like, from then it was just comp after comp and things like that. And my dad's like, what are you hanging out with these punks? <laughs> you know, but um, I wasn't really like, I, I didn't go to shows. I, I live in a weird little area where you kind of have to go a couple hours out to get to kind of a scene or anything. So I didn't start going to shows until I was a little older and had friends or like my own car and things like that. But I fell in love probably around 11 or 12 years old. And it just I was able to really like unleash on it when I was in my teens and it just hasn't stopped. That's awesome. Now, now you're, you're, you, wow. I'm going to pick a word. Laura, <laughs> you are a mom too. Terry, are you a mom as well? Or yeah. are you a, animal mom or a human mom I do have all of it mom I'm on all of it mom I have two kitties um and then two girls so a five and nine year old awesome so and then Laura you have you have a rad little man that you talk about all the time he is so he's way cooler than I will ever be yeah he's (laughs) he's four years old um he's karma and it's finest but like I said he's pretty cool (laughs) he keeps me on my toes that's awesome. So how, how, I think it's great that you guys are still pushing forward. You, you do your own thing as far as like owning businesses and then you have the kid thing. How do you guys find the balance? Like, how do you, do your kids listen to punk rock? Do you just have to carve out certain time? Um, we often hear a lot of people who wish they would like to do things, but of course it's like, kind of, Oh, I don't have a time. So how do you make the time? Um, so I commute for work. I commute an hour every day, um, both directions. Um, I'm lucky that both my girls are in school right now because it is Canada. They just reopened school. So that's giving me an outlet for a while. I was kind of doing both mom and work at the same, in the same room. And that was kind of crazy. So I've kind of been like, Ooh. um, yeah, it's, I kind of have to make the time, you know, sometimes I kind of have to remind myself and be like, shit, did I read my kid her story tonight? Or did I take the time to sit and have dinner with them and ask them about their day and spend time with them? I try to keep weekends uh, throughout the day free for them. So um, I primarily work a lot, especially with the ride squad stuff at night after the girls are in bed. So I'll start my nights at like 830 and then I'll just go straight till 11 and then, you know, I work from seven till three and they get off the bus at three forty by the time I get work. So, or get home. So I try to keep that balance. There's some days like, and I also try to dedicate days. So shoot days for us are Thursdays and Saturdays. Um, because it's just what works best for our schedule for now. Um, and then, yeah, the rest of the days I'm really working, but I always know on Thursday, I got a shoot coming up you know, round seven and goes on for a little while. And then, yeah, it's just trying to find that balance. It's making that balance, you know, and not being afraid to say, look, 
I need to spend time with my kids right now, or I need, or even just to my kids, you know, mommy's got a shoot that day, but I'm going to be with you the other six days. Mm -hmm. Cause kids have a fun way (laughs) of making you feel like shit sometimes (laughs) part of their DNA. I don't know what's with it, but they'll be like, mom, you're not tucking me in today. And then they give you those beautiful minor, they both have blue eyes. So beautiful blue puppy dog eyes. And it's like, honey, I read you your book six days. And, you know, I know at some point my kids aren't going to live at home anymore. And I've always kind of had that mindset that I'm, I can't, I can be a good mom and I can dedicate a huge chunk of my life for them, but I just can't lose me in all this because one day they're not going to be with me anymore. And I don't want to be like freaking out and be like midlife crisis going like, I need to buy like 12 houses to feel the deep void that's in my heart because I gave it all to my kids. I matter in this too. And however that is day at the spa or in my case, right squad, that's still something for me. And I'm going to take the time to give that to myself because I deserve it too. You become yeah, and I think it makes us a better parent too when when you're able to like have that balance and have like be able to make sure you carve out a little bit of time, whether like Terry said, whether it be going to a spa or, or working your balls off. Um, whatever you time is, it's important, especially as a parent, to make sure you take that because your kid needs you to be you. Like they need you to be mom and they need you to be dad, but they also need you to be you because you are their example, you know? So I think that that's super important to make sure that like you have time to, to make sure that you're level-headed and clear-headed and you know what you want. So you can project that toward your kid. Like my son is a sponge as are most children. So I want to make sure that I'm not stressed out or I'm not, you know, running around like a crazy person in front of him and things like that. I want him to know structure and things like that. So it's important, like Terry said, to make sure you carve out that time for, for family and for yourself. And like when it crosses over, it's cool. Like before the world ended, I took Ollie to shows with me. You know, he came, he came to some festivals and some, some little smaller shows, um, a little out of town and things like that. And he's only four. And to say that, like, he listens to punk is wild. He listens to the fucking wiggles, you know? So it's, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't know if he's a punk rocker, if he's going to be a punk rocker, but he thinks it's cool right now. And I'm going to embrace that for as long as he thinks it's cool. So if he wants to soak it up with me, I think that that's rad. If he wants to listen to K-pop or country, I also think that's rad. Just put some headphones on. That's all I have, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you might just rebel against you. But, yeah, uh, do your thing, but I don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, my oldest, she went to her first punk show when she was seven. It was Masked Intruders and Interrupters. And, that's um, a fun one. Yeah, it was. And she actually stood right in front because Rat Boy was opening that day. So she like went right to the front. But she recognized that when all these really tall people came behind her, that it was time for us to go up to the mezzanine. And, you know, bringing kids to shows is fun. I have never felt unsafe for her. Um, Generally, a lot of people, especially at punk shows, and I hate to say it to reveal our ages and shit, but we're grownups and we have kids of our own. And, you know, she was treated like royalty that day. She was given a seat at the table. She, the merch people were incredibly nice and talked to her and took the time to like, you know, Hey, how old are you? And what are you doing here? And who did you like to see? And, you know, she got to meet all the mass intruders and she thought that was really cool. But yeah, 
I, you know, as long as you're not right in the thick of it, because that would have just been absolutely ridiculous to put a seven-year-old in there and you're safe about it. It could be a fantastic time. I, it's definitely something that's going to be seared in my memory with her is being able to share into a show or going to a show. Um, Am I going to be, is she going to keep doing it? I don't know. Um, Our next show that we've talked about quite a bit because she loves them is the descendants. She really wants to go see them. And sometimes they play in Toronto. So fingers crossed. Yeah. Like my favorite thing with Ollie, like the last show that I took him to was real big fish and he was up on my shoulders and he's like, mom, there's a freaking banana down there. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just it's that innocence in the kid and like still getting to be his mom, but also like do the things that I love to do with my little dude. It's such a, such a rad feeling. And like, don't get me wrong. There's times where I don't want him at shows with me where I like to let loose and I like to get in the pit and get all sweaty and have a couple of drinks. But, um, being able to share certain experiences with him is super fun. It's, it makes it all worth it. And I think that's one of like the most genuine parts about music is that it really does bring everybody together. I know one of the first concerts I went to, I'll always remember it because my dad took me to it. You know, I might not listen to that music now, but it's some, it's something that we share together and that I appreciate about it. So I think it's fucking rad. You took your kid to mask intruder. You know, that's a great memory for sure. Oh, yeah. She she didn't understand why he stripped down and all she saw was like a <laughs> zebra-like mankini. But, you know, just sometimes this is just the music mommy listens to, you know? <laughs> sometimes you got to rock a mankini. A little weird. You just got to. You got to. Yeah. So I do want to ask you guys because, I mean, we are a female-led platform. You guys right. are too. There's lots of other female platforms. Like we we support and love like Mabel Syndrome. There's girls like us. There's She's a Punk. List goes on and on and on. Um, I just want to hear your thoughts about the other uh, female podcasts. And, and and you know, we're all about community over, over um, competition. So we just- Yes, I was just going to say that. Hear, hear what your guys' thoughts are regarding that. Because I know, Laura, you're involved in Mabel Syndrome as well, too, right? Yeah, and I think that's why I, I'm so big on this. Like, the more the merrier, I think. It's yeah. so awesome to just see these women that are like, you know what? I like this. I can talk about it. I know what I'm talking about. And I know that people also feel the same way. So when you link up with other women and you see these other collective, like when Girls Like Us came out, I was like, fuck yeah, you guys, that is so rad. Because all three of those ladies, you know, I made connections with through Mabel syndrome and things like that. And I found most of the people that I know and that I'm really good friends with through Mabel syndrome years ago. Um, so these, these female platforms, they make me, and I tell Kristen this all the time. Um, it just, it makes me feel like I'm home. You know what I mean? It's a home away from home. It's a family outside of blood family. And to me, sometimes that's way more important and it's way more fulfilling to have those people in your life. So when you see them doing well and like pumping out content, like girls like us just put out an interview with the dirty nail. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't wait to check this out because like, I'm stoked for you guys. I love this band. I love the way that you're promoting things, what you stand for. So like I said, the more the merrier, I think it's so awesome community over competition any day. Like let's bring all the girls to the front, all of them. (laughs) Well, I just think that everybody has their own individual perspective and voices, right? You know, 
I mean, ours from the very beginning, we're like, let's give advice from in the industry, from being musicians, being photographers, that sort of thing. And then I know Mabel syndrome, they just have a freaking like, I don't know, like a, a war of like women that rally together. It's different. And girls like us are trying to be gender inclusive. And she's a punk is just like anyone that's punk, regardless of like what it is. So, and she's over in Canada and, and I know that that's where you're at Terry. So I think one thing Gabby has always said to us that there's enough passes for all of us. There's enough fucking passes for all of us. So absolutely keep putting each other on pedestals for sure. Yeah, And, you know, um, it, it does great things, too, because, you you know, like, Gabby, you're working on a collab with Lynn right now. Things like that. Like, that's women empowering women and, and, you know, getting into business with each other and lifting each other up. That is super important. And not not only in the punk scene, but, like, in life in general. If we had more of that, could you imagine, like, what a beautiful place this would be, you know? So I think if we could just keep on doing this and keep really supporting each other the best way we can, eventually we're going to start to see that other than just right here in front of our little punk community. Yeah. Instead of looking at what do they have that I don't have, you kind of have to look at it as, Oh my gosh, they have this. I don't have this, but I'm going to enjoy it through their side and see what they have and what they're putting out. Um, There's no, I, you know, there's no point of being angry and holding jealousy or anger and stuff like that for something that, you know, doesn't have anything to do with you either right like um often they'll be like oh we don't like this certain look of it doesn't affect you it's yeah you may not like the look of it or you may not necessarily like the message but there's just have somebody else read it why go around be an asshole about it (laughs) you know um I I just that shit drives me bananas I can just curse about it all day um I just to me, there's no reason why women cannot hold other women up. There's absolutely no reason for it. It drives me completely fucking nuts that there are some women out there that feel the need to just tear other women down or just people in general. And it shouldn't happen, but it does. And it's my kind of my job to just be like, what you're doing isn't right. What they're doing is fantastic. It doesn't affect you in any way. And let's celebrate them, not try to squash them. It's so... Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of the side little sneaky thing in the back. Sometimes people just don't, I don't know why they do it. It's, it's not needed, but I'm glad that there are platforms out there of women celebrating other women. Um, for much too long, this was not a thing and it's finally here and I can only hope it grows. I agree with that. I feel, yeah, it's just come a long way. I feel like when we talk to, um, Jenny from Bad Cop, she had mentioned how, you know, she, she was in Cuntspire and just the hateful comments she would get on YouTube from other women about, you know, you guys fucking suck, blah, blah, blah. And she was right. Like, I remember that time when, like, females were just fucking ripping each other apart. And um, I'm proud that we've, like, come this far. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Well, that's how Angel and I became friends because, like, she was the only woman that wasn't a bitch. <laughs> Damn. I like, she used to say that to me. And, like, the punk scene, you know, here it was smaller back then. Like, yeah, God, they would just tear you apart being in a band and stuff. And, like, she was like, hey, what's up? Where it go? Like, that's what Angela is. <laughs> I know. Like, I always say, like, I, I was always, like, one of the guys growing up. And, like, it's such mm-hmm. a shitty thing to say. But, like, 
girls were bitches, you know, and it it was tough to like make connections. So now being able to like approach other women and be like, Hey, your hair's really cool. And I like your t-shirt. You want to get a drink or something? Um, I it's, it's really awesome. Like even just being, you know, like today I I went and I picked up a sandwich on my way home from my sandwich (laughs) shop (laughs) and uh, I ran into this girl and she was like, I really like your hat. You're, I have a bad cop, bad cop hat on. She's like, I really like your hat and your and your hair. I think you look awesome. And I was like, have a great day. You know, like just <laughs> things like that are so cool. And like, maybe that wouldn't have happened before. But the fact that like, this is more normal now is so yeah. rad. Well, I think we've all tried to get better, you know, as time goes on. I mean, I'm not to say that I'm not perfect. I'm not to say that that there hasn't been times where I could have been better. But you always try to lead with kindness. I mean, my mom... Growing up, she used to, I mean, I got picked on a lot. Like, I know a lot of us have similar, you know, stories, but my mom would always be like, honey, you got to kill him with kindness. And that's why I try to always say, lead with kindness, lead with kindness. And, and, and I'm, I'm still a work in progress. I think all of us are a work in progress. And I remember when, before we were sound sisters, we went on the girl gang tour and I remember going to the Viper room for the first time and photographing. And I was like freaking out because I'm like, for one, it's the Viper room for two. I'm on fucking tour right now. And I wasn't, I was just joking with Drea about it. And she said, (laughs) yes. And I'm fucking here in California right now. But I was, I was trying to, in the Viper room, it's, it's, it doesn't have like a place for actual photo pit, right? It's just the stage. So I stuck my ground out from the very beginning. Cause I'm like, sweet, I will party, but I'm on fucking tour for a reason. I have a job and I'm going to get the best fucking photos of these bitches and try to get the rest of them. You know what I mean? <laughs> try to get the other bands, which they're just as important, but I needed to represent them. But I remember there was this other female because there was other photographers and it's hard sometimes when you're like there, you know, a shorter female in the fucking pit amongst a bunch of huge guys that are trying to do their thing. And there was another girl, another female there. And she I found out and, and of course, instinctually, you'd be like, no, this is like my spot. I got this spot and everything else. And then I decided, no, I'm going to I'm going to be I'm going to actually go with my actions, reflect how I, how I keep preaching, which is to lead with kindness. And I turned to her and I started talking with her and I found out it was her first show that she actually got to come to, to like photograph. And she was just trying it out. So what we did the rest of the night is we took turns. We took turns in each other's spots to take shots because you know what, even though we're in the same spot, we took it differently and it was our own fucking viewpoint. And I think that that's reflective of everything in regards to female podcasts and other platforms, just like ours. Might be. Absolutely. Yeah. You just have to make sure that, you know, in like being, you know, introspective of your own actions is such a big People who are maybe have a lot of ego, jealousy, they don't have that part, I find. They don't sit there and kind of reflect and be like, how could I have done better? Like constantly in my mind every day or every night before I go to bed, it's, you know, how did the day go? How could I have made it better? And how am I going to take that lesson and take it with me tomorrow? You know, and it's, I don't go huge, like three months. I really deal with this stuff, like on a daily basis, because 
I only have tomorrow. I don't have three months right now. That's not guaranteed. I may have tomorrow guaranteed, but right now I have now and I can reflect on my actions and move that. And my mom was very much the same way, you know, kill them with kindness. I was very much teased and picked on, um, gosh, for a long time, but you know, it's taking that time and just reflecting on what you do. And if you're happy with it, and if I can go to bed and close my eyes, a big part of it's, you know, am I teaching what I'm telling my kids? Or am I doing what I'm telling my kids? And that's one that always comes back to me. You know, would I, if that had been my daughter doing that and me looking down and looking at her, would I have been that happy with her actions? And if the answer is no, then I got to reevaluate and just move on and try to make it better. You know, we lead by example. We absolutely do. Yeah. You're, we can always do better, strive for better. Um, I do have a very important question to ask you ladies. So yeah. <laughs> uh oh! Oh shit! Okay. Uh oh! Right. Gonna, if you were a burrito, <laughs> <laughs> what kind of burrito yes. would you be, <laughs> and why? Sub question: What is your favorite place to get a burrito at? And if you don't have one, name drop a local spot that you like. So that's like a two-parter question. Okay, so we don't have any good burrito places around here. So the best oh. place. I, well, I live in the middle of New York Come City. to Mama. Come to Mama. What is for region burrito? Come to Phoenix. Come on. I know. I know. I can't wait because I'm going to be all up in burrito heaven. Yeah. <laughs> and hugs. Burritos and hugs. And burrito heaven and hugs. Gotcha. Like those Baby are my, some of my favorite things. It's going to be great. <laughs> I don't know what kind of burrito I would be. That's okay. What kind of Sammy would you be? Sandwich. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. I would probably be like a spicy chipotle chicken or something because like yes, chicken, but also I got a little zest to me. So <laughs> but I'm I'm great. So everyone would love it, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. Harry. Uh, so I'm not a big Laura's gonna kill me for this, but I don't don't even say it. <laughs> All right, I won't say it, but if I had to pick a sandwich that I really enjoyed, um, it was a chicken. taco. Taco. You like tacos, right? You like tacos. What kind of taco would you be, right? I like poutine. <laughs> <laughs> She's Canadian. <laughs> Do they have burritos in Canada? Um, I think. Oh. <laughs> Let's talk about poutine, okay? Right? Because I always feel like it's a dirty word when I say yeah, it. Yeah, poutine. Because it's dirty looking. No, yeah. it's not. It's beautiful. It heaven? No, it's, it's glorious. <laughs> no, it's not. It's heaven. What is it? Yeah, there's fries in there or something. Okay, so the best poutine you have to get now, if you're French like me, you would say poutine. Oh, so I was. So the- for, yeah, so for a long time, I go to like Toronto and be like, have a poutine. And then they'd look at me like I'm dumb. So I finally had to switch over and call it poutine. You say tomato, I say tomato. Got it. Yeah, it still doesn't feel right. Um, But poutine is fresh cut fries. You can't take the stuff that's from the freezer because it's just not right. And then you put cheese curds. Um, Quebec's very well known for their cheese curds. Northern Ontario is too. So if you need to get poutine, that's like a proper one. It's either Quebec or Northern Ontario, essentially just a big Quebec. And uh, yeah, gravy, beef gravy is really good. Um, My favorite poutine came from a chip truck. It actually came from Southern Ontario and it was a red wine reduced mushroom gravy. Wow. 
And yeah, it, amazing, amazing. And the only problem I had with it is that it used like just normal cheese curds. It wasn't really good stuff from Northern Ontario. Cause like, if you get like Quebec cheese curds, they're like the size of eyeballs. They're delicious. Yeah. yeah if I had to pick a burrito, it'd probably just be like curd burrito. Just all cheese. <laughs> 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 that a curd burrito. Yeah. Fucking sign me up. All right. And then the sub question was drop a local food spot. And normally I would say burrito, but you guys kind of. I'll give you a burrito spot because the best one we have would probably be this place called Pedro's Kitchen. Fucking Pedro's Kitchen. Pedro's Kitchen. Like, would you expect it to be called literally anything else in the middle of New York? Fucking A. All right. Um, Closest to me, um, we don't. Still no burrito places here, but if I had to go to a restaurant, I'd go to Jeans, which is just this greasy spoon. Old school, they still don't have debit or credit cards. Everything's cash. Everything's handmade. It's the perfect place on a Sunday to just crawl into. Coffee's always hot, always in your cup. Delicious. And like, I think the owner is well, they're up there. They're getting up there. So I don't know how much longer. And the place looks like it's from the 80s, which is just fun. I love that old, like, I think their newest thing is this neon clock. Maybe that was- <laughs> <laughs> but, like, even their cash register, it's just, like, that old, like, you know, that kachinky sound that, like, when you hit the buns and you hear that clack and then the thing just pops up with the till and it's like, ding. <laughs> I use one of those at my shop. That's- oh, is it? That's what they use, like, for sound clips. I mean, that's, yeah. like, that's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, it's jeans. Yeah, best breakfast. They take their potatoes and they slice them instead of make them chunky and stuff. Oh, so good. Oh, man. <laughs> Everything's closed still for another week. We reopen next week. So I'm hoping jeans opens up. Well, that's exciting. Uh-huh. Here, here in Arizona, not literally everything's Open. still open so we never closed like, no it's yeah. ridiculous but ontario kind of got scary um i had a huge outbreak around christmas time uh, probably nowhere near you guys but for us it was a lot and yeah Very- they shut down and it was over 3500 a day and then it went down oh. to today was under a thousand for the whole province 15 million people uh terry didn't you did uh we can cut this out but didn't you post that you got the vid? No, I didn't. No. But my aunt, so my hometown, which had zero cases up until January 6th, um, they got their one and it was a long-term care home. Every resident got uh, affected. Oh, wow. um, my aunt just got diagnosed last week um, and they've lost, I think it's now up to 16 people, 41 people in that long-term and then most of their employees too. So yeah, it was good vibes for them. Luckily my aunt, when she had tested negative, so she got her first round of vaccine. So hopefully that has some effect. You know, I'm always a very big, strong proponent. If it comes, get it. I'm expected to get mine during phase two of our province's rollout. So that's coming up for me shortly. Oh, good. Awesome. Yeah. Whatever keeps us safe, guys, just be safe. Yeah. Out, out here in Phoenix, I think all of us aren't eligible mm-hmm. to like C2, which wouldn't be till like June or July. That's basically like Gen Pop. Yeah. That well, sucks. 
Yeah. And I get nervous because some of them say like, if you have like a shellfish allergy, which I do, you know, Mm. so you have to be like kind of careful with certain things or like people who it's also kind of unknown, like for people that potentially want to have children in the future, like what those long-term effects are, which, so there's just a lot of unknowns, I think with everybody, but if you can do it, you know, we support you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's the nice thing about freedom of choice, you know, and we're definitely, if you can, you can, if you can't, you can't. And that's, you know, you have to depend on those who can to help out. And that's a decision that's entirely and personally up to you and no one else can make that decision for you. Um, Just, you know, research properly. That's the biggest thing. Research what is actually, don't find yourself in the wormholes because, well, sometimes that's scary. (laughs) (laughs) totally off topic yeah um we recently had a presidential election oh geez and i would love to know i would love to know how our fellow canadians feel about you know what happened up towards that election the you know the capital riot and is there a little more is there are you guys feeling a little bit more comforted that we have president biden in office now with vice president harris um, we have a woman in office. The general consensus is yes. Uh, it's been a lot calmer here. Um, you, it's like everywhere you have your pockets. Um, Canada's set up in a different way that we just don't have a two party system. So right now in parliament, there's five parties. Um, there's the two majority, but then there's the NDP, which take up a pretty big third minority. Um, and then you have the one in Quebec, which is the block. And then you have a fifth party. I think they only hold like one or two seats, but sometimes those one or two seats are decision tiebreakers. So you kind of have to appeal to what they want. And generally <clears throat> greens are more about um, helping environment, environmental issues and also preventative health measures. So like not so much, but, pharma or anything like that uh what we saw from the states it was you know it's heartbreaking as a canadian i kind of look at my friends who i know are great people who i know want nothing more than the betterment of the world and their fellow men and to know that they're stuck essentially with nothing to do and i tell this to laura all the time it's like sorry you're in canada you're watching the states and it's like watching a dumpster fire and trying to run back there with a hose that's just not long enough and the water just can't reach. And you're just watching. And that was the capital city rights when I was like, oh, my God, you know, like, what the fuck is going on? But the reality is, is that that could happen here easily at any time. Um, you know, just sometimes you just get the right person in the right spot spewing the wrong kind of shit and a fucking dumpster fire lights up and you know we're just as susceptible um i always people always say we're just like americans just smaller i guess but essentially there's not much different except for a parliament system but yeah i don't uh, my heart went out i definitely hope to see and it looks like it you know he's already kind of opened up the who is back open and uh, the Paris Accord treatments are back open and definitely talking about steel tariffs in Canada. So that's, you know, those talks are happening, whereas before it was kind of a 
everybody was just scared of the big orange man. And right. he's just a man. Like he's just as disgusting as another man or I don't know. I guess someone thinks he's appealing somewhere, but um, yeah, he's just, he's a piece of shit. There's <laughs> a lot more of you than there is of him. And, you know, I'm glad to see the amount of people stand up and say that that's not my president. That's not how I choose to live my life. And I'm not going to stand by this. And, you know, he's the most powerful dude in your country and to still have, you know, people go like what he's doing is completely wrong. I really had to um, say big kudos to those Republicans that actually stood up and said, I I don't stand with this. You know, yeah, this isn't what I signed up for and I'm not going to stand for it. And I may not agree with these Democrats, but I agree with them a bit more than I do with these Republicans and, you know, voted with them. Uh, They did what was best for their country then. And, you know, I have to just send a huge kudos to them because I, and it might've been just me being naive growing up, but I always thought that going into social, you know, civil service was for the betterment of whatever it was that you were, either you were married, you're trying to better your community. If you were, you know, here we call them, you know, uh, MPs, I guess they'd be like sen- senators, I don't know, representatives, something you guys, there are different terms here, but it was always for the betterment. And last four years, you just, you're like, is it really, is, are you really doing this to better everybody? Or is it just to better your own self? And I'm glad to see that there were actual people, especially from the Republican Party, be like, I'm going to do this for the people and not just for him. And, you know, I hope that it gets better. Uh, I have hope. I I hope you guys do too. (laughs) Cause I ever, now that he's been voted, everybody's been really quiet about it. We barely hear shit. Like before it was every day, it was just kind of thrown at you. And now I'm like, what are you guys thinking? (laughs) I felt like I could finally breathe. Honestly, it felt like that because, you know, with the Capitol riots, I mean, I straight up cried. I know you. Yeah. Know the guy with the horns, he's from fucking Arizona. Like, it's uh-huh. like really like it just was super heartbreaking. So I feel that there's hope, you know, and it's it's been a long time since I felt that way. Yeah. It just kind of felt like you were in an abusive relationship and you got yelled at every day and then. Finally, I like fucking had the balls to like say, I'm not going to deal with this anymore. And so, yeah, like when Biden, you know, got they like confirmed it or whatever. I got teary eyed because I was like, fuck, like because it was just like, finally, like this is over, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, we, yeah. we like messaged each other like right when it happened and it felt amazing. And yeah. we had a yes queen moment when we found <laughs> like you know, a female in the White House. I mean, that's just, it's just an unbelievable feeling. And you can put your flag out the door now. Yeah. And not think that you're a racist piece of shit. Right, right. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) Yeah, and kudos to Arizona for, you know, normally it was a Republican state, finally went Democrat, which was awesome. So kudos to you guys. That was was a surprise, yeah. That was a huge win. Yeah, that was a huge win. And you know, I 
it sucks that it got dragged out for as long as it did after. There should have been a peaceful transfer of power. Doesn't matter. You set your egos aside. You lost. You lost by 4 million votes, not just, you know, had it been maybe 50,000. Okay, maybe a recount's warranted, but it's the fact that he fucking dragged it on for so long. It's just, ugh. I hate it. I hated the fact that I had to watch my friends be like, can you just sneak me in, you know, and they feel stressed because their government's not behind them. And it's not, you know, like when shit rolls downhill, everybody gets smushed, you know, it doesn't matter where you are. And to see that coming from the top and it was such a hard year, you just didn't need it. It was just the one last thing you guys needed. And to see Biden come out, I remember seeing that video of Kamala calling Joe and yeah. saying, like, we did it, Joe, we did it. And I was like, yeah, you did. And I had because, <laughs> you know, we feel it here, too. We do. It's, <clears throat> you know, I, I'm not American, but fuck, I feel for you guys. I we share a lot of similarities and commonalities. And yeah. Um, I was very happy to see that Laura, I remember seeing her video of her jumping with her friend and I was like, yes, like, yeah, we were, we, we, we were just waiting. outside waiting for our Uber and like everybody else that was outside at the parking lot, there was probably like 10 or 15 people out there. You know, you hear their iPhone, their Apple news go off like bing and everybody looks at their phone. And at the same time, like this roar comes from the parking lot. Yeah. Like it was just so, it was like such a liberating feeling. Like, there's people in the hotel you hear them in their rooms like banging on the window everybody was so relieved and so happy and it was like oh so this is America you know like it was it was nice like that weight lifted right off your shoulders it was just like oh my god thank god thank god we're like on the other side of this or heading toward the other side of this well, and it's it was a great feeling <laughs> a year prior, like the year before, you know, everyone always says that, you know, when COVID hit, it was like this unique thing that everybody was going through the same thing at the same moment. Well, when Biden won, I feel that it was the same thing too, on the flip side of things, which was great. So, yeah. And it wasn't just you guys. It was a global scale. Yeah. Global thing. Yeah. It was like the first universally happy day that we have all had. <laughs> it's like, you yes. Yes. And yeah. like everybody was in a good mood that day. It was yep. great. It was beautiful. <laughs> we need more days. Hopefully once things loosen up and we can get in summer. Gosh, we need summer. I'm such a, <laughs> I have my sad lap on all the time at work and it's just not doing it anymore. It gets around like that around this time. So I just, oh, I need it so bad. I think summer will help lift some spirits and make me feel better. And yeah, because sad lap. Just not cutting. <laughs> I think we're we're getting there, you guys. Like eventually, you know, there's progress happening. Vaccine, like this isn't forever, and you know, someday, hopefully, we're all together, hanging yeah. out at a show, real hugs, drinking, hugging, eating sandwiches, eating sandwiches. Eating sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, I was reading a beautiful story about a nun who's 117. She lives in France. She's the oldest person to survive COVID. And this is her second pandemic because she was alive through the one in 1918. Oh, wow. wow. So she remembers and she actually gave up her vaccine so somebody can get it because she's like, look, I'm 117. <laughs> you know, it comes a point and like, you know, to be able, she's a nun now, but. I, I thought I was so 
why weren't we listening to this lady before? <laughs> you know, like she lived a pandemic, two world wars, and, you know, very much about loving everybody. And the, the message still rings true then that it did now, which was, you know, making sure your neighbors are okay, making sure your friends are okay, making sure you're taking care of your family, however that may look like. Like it was such a, an amazing story. So she gets to celebrate her soon to be 118th birthday with a glass of champagne and a piece of cake, which is super cute. (laughs) Awesome. Well, and think about this way when we hug each other, because we've gone through this past year and then some, I think everyone's going to hold each other really tight. And yes, like we've all gotten a chance to know each other on a different level. And, and I think that we have to look at those, those things and we have to focus on that. Right. And, see how this side has like enriched us in so many ways. Not, not saying that I don't want to downplay the horrific things that have happened, you know, and the many, many lives that have been impacted or or death. But, but at the same time, like when we do get to be together again, everything's going to look a lot brighter than it did before. And we have, you know, it's like one of those things that like you take, you don't take for granted until it's gone really. And like, who would have thought that you would have had socialization ripped out, for the foreseeable future. So when it is introduced back into our lives, like you said, everyone is going to be a little more, well, I would think a lot more grateful, you know, for those encounters and to be able to hug your friends and to be able to be with more than a handful of people at a time. Like those are things that I know for me, I'm never going to like take that for granted again. You know, before I was like, Oh man, I, I wish I went to more shows. I wish I did more of this. And now I'm like, Oh my God. Like I, Oh, I, I really do wish that I did all of that. Like, I wish I could have had it. So now, you know, being able to have these things introduced back into my life, I'm going to just soak it all in 100% of me. It gets I'm all of me. One of them metal chainy things that like snap around the ankle and I'm going to get Laura. And then I'm gonna, <laughs> we're stuck together. <laughs> we're stuck together. It's been way too long since I've seen her. Like, I just I I still can't get over that it's been since May 2019 because of this and it'll be coming up two years (laughs) isn't that crazy when you think about it you so yeah but it's also crazy to think about like we are closer than we ever ever have been and like it's only getting stronger you know and I think that goes back to like our previous discussion as to like what these like zoom calls and, and like having to like change the way you do things does for people and I think it's been great like for our relationship for a lot of people too. It's, and you know, it's going to make me hug you way tighter when I do see you. So that's something that I, I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait to hug you three, Terry. I can't wait to hug you. (laughs) I'm going to wrap you up like a little burrito. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think too, like, I don't know if you guys have noticed this either, like your friendships, like people you may have thought were your friends, you know, we're already a year into this, like maybe from like the shows or like Mm -hmm. being on tour, like I have kind of figured out like who really is my friend um, during this pandemic. And it's been, it's kind of been eye opening for me. Like, yeah, I'm in a band, but I think maybe they were just talking to me because I was, well, I'm still in the band, but like, (laughs) you know what I mean? If that makes sense, get them in, you know, you can kind of thing. For sure. Yeah. And for me, uh, like it was, it was like, oh, people just would want like free photos or free, you know, whatever from me and stuff. And yeah, I, get, I guess my point was like, I've, I value like the friendships that I've really developed mm-hmm. over the year. 
which is yeah, like these guys and I love you, man. The pinks. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's true. It gives you a little bit more time to kind of like get to know people. And, and like you said, you do, you find out who your friends are because everybody is, we don't know. I don't know what you're going through. You don't know what I'm going through behind closed doors and like what people don't share with you, obviously. So it's like, and that goes the same for your friends too. So if, if you're having trouble, like being there for each other for that, then maybe these people aren't the people for you. And I think that that's one thing the pandemic has done is like help solidify for a lot of us, like who really is there for us and who is here genuinely like for my well being and then to make sure I'm okay. Like a simple, Hey, how have you been this week? Haven't heard from you goes a really long way, you know? And like, Drea hit me up one time of like when I first moved and like that meant the world to me, things like that. When, when people take just like five minutes out of their day to be like, Hey, let me check on my friend and make sure that things are okay. Like it, it could save a life. It could lift some spirits for the day, but at the end of the day, it really helps you realize who's going to be there for you. Yeah. And, but I, I will put the the other side on this that sometimes it's hard to be there for people. I know, especially at the beginning, I struggled a lot with just any type of human because it just reminded me of what I was missing so much. Uh, that was a big part that hit me, right? I kind of became almost inside my own shell because of it. And I would have people go and be like, why aren't you here for me? And, you know, it's just like, I, I kind of need to be here for me, you know, not you but me right now. And however that means, I, I, you know, my brain, I was very anxious when everything started. Um, I can remember I had many multiple panic attacks about it because my oldest has asthma. So I just kind of myself too. So my brain just went straight to my kids and making sure they're okay and making sure I'm okay. We didn't see anybody. I think we started lockdown in March and I don't think I let them see their first friend until July. That's how like I wasn't, you know, and they were getting upset that I wasn't letting my myself or my friends see their friends and stuff like that. And I was like, look, we have computers. We can, well, it's not the same thing. And it's like, okay, well, I'm sorry. I'm just going to have to do this for myself right now. And I, I think it's always, you know, it always comes back to the same that you're the most important person in your life, whether you want it to be or not, you still, you are number one, you have to be up on that pedestal and everything else kind of falls under. Now you can share your pedestal and it's not what I'm saying is keep it by yourself, but you know, you have to realize that you're the, the top honcho for that to happen. And, you know, unfortunately when quarantine did kind of get into those longer months, I kind of had to, you know, step aside and be like, this is affecting me, not in a good way. And I have to say goodbye because of it. And it sucks, you know, it sucks. I miss these people, but also I know that at the end of the day, I'm happier for it. It was the right decision. Right. And I, yeah. I totally understand what you're saying too. Um, it's a tough balance. It's, yeah. you know, you want to be there for everybody. You really do. But at the same time, you kind of forget yourself in that. And, you know, I looked at it as how can I be a good mom, wife, friend, but also a good person for me. My motto throughout this is I want to come back to this world better than when I left it. And I take that and carry that with me throughout this whole thing. How can I just keep improving on myself or maybe I don't feel like I need improvement today, 
what can I do that I normally wouldn't do? That's just a little treat towards myself. And, you know, it's, you know, I finally started taking piano lessons at the tender age of 38, which I started, um, I guess, September, maybe, you know, it was something I always wanted to do. Ever since I was a kid, I, I took singing instead. I'm not a good singer. Don't ask me to sing, but, um, you know, but to me, that just meant it's something that I wanted to do for myself for so long that I never dedicated myself that time for it, that I'm thrilled that I'm able to do it because now I'm kind of just moving up the books and I get to play music that I absolutely love, which is classical. And it, it's something for me. No one's probably ever going to hear me play, but I'm going to hear me play. And I love that. Take some time for you guys. <laughs> For sure. Um, so I know we we're kind of like got went down a rabbit hole, like <laughs> like being serious. But I do have to ask. Mm-hmm. I know. So Laura, you told me about your old apartment and you know all the ghosts and everything there. Terry, I don't know if we've talked about ghosts with you. Is there anything you've seen? So I'm a very sciencey person. Um, I, I kind of let science rule my way of thinking, but there is one instance that I still can't explain. And it happened years and years ago. I was used to take this bus route to get to high school because my high school is on the other side of town and you would have to pass a funeral home. And for some weird reason, when I passed a funeral home, I was like, there was this gentleman in town um, who used to direct traffic and he was unfortunately just, you know, people knew him as sheriff and we passed the first funeral home and I don't even know why I thought it, but I was like, Oh, I wonder what ever happened to sheriff. Cause I hadn't seen him, I guess in a while. It was kind of my thinking, go to school, don't do anything, you know, don't talk about, it, don't think about him. We passed by the other funeral home. We're walking back and walking back with some friends and my friend walks ahead of me and he looks at the sign. He's like, Holy shit. Sheriff's dead. And I, my jaw just like, what, (laughs) you know, and I can't explain it. I don't know why, but yeah, it's probably the closest freakiest thing. I, I still can't like, it's the only instance that's really fucked me up. So you're sciencey, do you, you know, extraterrestrial UFOs, conspiracy theories, reptilians, Sasquatch, any of these things, (laughs) you're jammed. Um, I do believe there's other forms. Uh, I don't necessarily believe that we are the only ones. Um, I honestly believe there's tons of other planets with other people. Are they studying us? Maybe. Are they using us as their experiments? Maybe. I don't know. But I definitely do believe that we're not the only ones. There's no way. (laughs) What if we're the UFO, the aliens? Huh? (laughs) We are the aliens. Um, I'm sure they come here and look at us and they're like, whoa, we we dang fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) I do think it's very egotistical and self-serving to be like, everything else is, you know, strange and unusual and they're the other beings. No, what if we are like multiple dimensions? Like, is that your jam too? Do you believe in that's parallel universes? Things like that. Is that your jam? Not so much. Parallel universes, I like the idea of it to be able to be something else in a completely, and it 
totally could. There might be rips in time where they cross each other and then you're just like, boom, this person and boom, this is your other life. I don't know. It's just, I really believe that like your body leaves an energy on this earth, whether you realize it or not. And that energy has an impact, whether, however big or small, and that carries with you long until after you're gone. Um, but I look at it as, you know, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So what you do has some effect somehow. Laura. Does- <laughs> <laughs> wow. Laura. Does- <laughs> do you think that the ghosts miss you at your old apartment? <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably. Or do you miss you the ghosts? Do you miss the like, ghosts? I, I do. Cause it's like super quiet around here. You know? Oh my God. Oh my God. Ew. This is weird. This actually happened last night. So the first weird thing that's happened in this apartment, um, my son and I were sitting here eating dinner and he was watching SpongeBob and the TV just shut off all by itself. Like, Nobody touched anything. And he looks at me and he's like, there's a ghost here. I said, maybe, dude, I don't know. But like, that was the first weird thing that's happened in this house. He's like, did the power go off? I was like, no, obviously not. Like everything else is still up. The TV just shut off. I turned it right back on. It did its thing again. Shut off about two seconds after I turned it on. I was like, oh, welcome. I turned it back on and nothing else happened the rest of the night. So I don't really know. I'll keep my, you guys posted. <laughs> my husband used to shoot a ghost hunting show back in the day. Yeah. Shut what? the fuck up. Can we please interview him? Yeah. He said there were some interferences throughout the taping where like his camera would either glitch out or just become a little bit more like white noise. Um, they went in a very old church in town. Oh, that's awesome. Like the 1800s or something like that. But yeah. And then like, there's some stories in town. Uh, they call it the Phantom Piper and they actually have them in my town. They have a dude that goes up the lighthouse and plays uh, pipe bands. But the idea was there was a guy who was coming cause I live on Lake Huron coming from a ship and it was really foggy and he couldn't see and the fog warnings weren't working. So he started to play a song on his bagpipe to bring, you know, to hopefully just call, it was more like a lament or a lament. How the hell do you guys say that? I don't know, but (laughs) I guess somebody climbed the lighthouse and played him to shore. And then when he went to find this person, he couldn't find them. So they call him the Phantom Piper. And every day in the summer during sunset, that we have a person decked out completely in his Scottish attire, go up the lighthouse and play to sunset. Which you is guys really- wow. need to fucking write a song about this. The, the Phantom, Phantom Piper. Piper. Yeah. <laughs> like a metal anthem. In the name of Terry. <laughs> I am I like here it. for all of this. <laughs> I am so here for it. I'll send you the story. Fuck. Please do. Awesome. <laughs> Phantom Piper. <laughs> The Phantom Piper. (laughs) Oh, she goes. There you go. That's it, right there. I don't know what else to say. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Ladies, real quick, um, plug your social needs. Okay, so you can go right to our website and find a full list of everything that Riot Squad offers, all of our services, our podcasts, all that stuff. It's riotsquadmedia.com. 
you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook where we have all of our daily updates. And then of course, our biggest thing is going to be our YouTube channel. Go hit our subscribe button. Um, multiple times a week, there's a Sunday spin on there, sound the alarm soon to be under the covers, all sorts of fun exclusives and things like that. So our YouTube is kind of our main hub right now. That's where you can find all of our content, but yeah, hit us up on all the things we respond to everything and we love to hear new stuff so if you have any new music or fun covers or anything like that send them our way we love it also our biggest biggest thing will be camp punksylvania and make sure you guys you know keep an ear out it's coming like in the next couple weeks where we're just announcing everything we're kind of waiting to see a little bit with prb and what they're doing um because we are floating between two dates but once we find out with them then we are locking down our date and it's next day well hopefully we'll see what we launch but yeah it'll be this month for sure <laughs> yeah and it is so good that you did that throw laura because i would have fucked it all up <laughs> i got you i was like listen i could let terry try but i'm gonna end up having to fix this <laughs> exactly thank you love well it's it's always a pleasure talking to you and um thank you yeah, thank you guys for having us. It's always a blast. So many hugs right now. <laughs> All the squeezes. All the yeah. squeezes. Well, you have a fan in us. Total fans for life. Subscribe to everything. Got your back, girls. I can't wait to come. Likewise. You guys, I want to take all your photos. And yeah. Yes. Hugs and all yeah. the burritos. Yeah. And I Oh, my God. I love everything about this. <laughs> awesome great you, you gotta give me a burrito that i'm gonna like full cheese curds some gravy maybe slap some fries in there just yes. fucking a girl got you <laughs> got you remember to head over to the website soundsistersaz.com to read up on our guest and view pictures and videos mentioned in this episode go to facebook and like us instagram to follow us Sound Sisters AZ. Check out our kooky sister podcast called Grave Sisters, located under the Sound Sisters platform on all streaming platforms. Check out older episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play and leave us a review. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. We have new t-shirts on our merch shop over on the website, so go get one. Once again, thank you everybody who still supports the Sound Sister podcast. It really does mean everything to us. You know, on, on that note, this is your host, Drea Dahl, signing off with my lovely ladies, reminding you to keep your eyes on the prize, always do your best, and wash your hands. Thank you. Good night. Bye! Hi, this is our last song. God, thank you so much.